Hello, and welcome to Unabridged, the weekly podcast where teachers take on books. This is Sarah. Join us for bookish episodes and a monthly book club pick. This is Ashley. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Unabridged Pod, or go to our website, unabridgedpod.com, where the books we read are linked for purchase. This is Jen. Check out our Teachers Pay Teachers store, our Patreon page, and our newsletter. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to support us. You want opinions about books? We've got them. Hey, welcome to our discussion of winter books. So this is one of our seasonal episodes that we have come to love to do. Before we get started, if you could find us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review, we would really appreciate it. That helps us a lot. All right, so we are each going to share a couple of books that take place in winter or somehow focused on winter, and we, who would like to start? I can start. Thank you. I have two, like Jen said, to share. I'm going to start with one that I read specifically for this episode, and it was Sarah is so dedicated. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) It was fine. And I think that some people really loved it, but as you probably have grown to know, that thrillers are really difficult for me to gush about because they're just, if I read a really good thriller, I'm (laughs) thrilled. If I read a really good thriller, I'm very happy, but it is very Otherwise known as being thrilled. (laughs) Yes. I did not intend to say that. Um, but oh, if I if I read one, I'm happy about it. Mm-hmm. But it is really difficult to get me to the satisfied feeling at the end mm-hmm. of the yeah. at, at the end of a thriller. So I'm going to talk about this book, and my mom read it and really liked it. And I've read some reviews, and people, a lot of people, really liked it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk about it. But I just want it to be said that it was fine for me, but. I didn't want to waste it because I read it for this episode. (laughs) Okay, so now that I have babbled on about that, The Winter Sister is the book I'm talking about. It's by Megan Collins. It is about a murder that happened 16 years prior to the start of the book. And the book kind of goes back and forth in time. And you learn about this murder that happened 16 years ago. And you also learn about the characters in in the present time. It's called The Winter Sister because it is about two sisters, Sylvie and Persephone, who were very close. and, uh, And... Persephone is brutally murdered and never comes doesn't come home from a night out. And the reason it's the Winter Sister is she it is with the winter when the murder occurs and mm. she's found in snow, her body is found in snow and mm. it goes on to talk about the the reason that she was murdered, all the suspects in the murder. It's kind of like a run of run of the mill thriller, mm-hmm. uh, but that does ha- it does have some um, commentary on families and uh, grief and how we react to grief. So there are some good things about it, and I liked it fine. It got a little weird in the in the middle for me, so I don't, I'm not going to tell you why. But it was a little bizarre in the middle. But mm-hmm. by the end. It was it was solid. It just wasn't my favorite, but it definitely has a a wintry feel, and they talk about the snow a lot, and so that's why I picked it for this 
this episode, I'm sitting here thinking, this is not a glowing review. So I probably say, I am a little intrigued, I'm intrigued okay. too, especially I'm intrigued. about the weird part in the middle. And the cover is also really compelling. Uh-huh. Yes. So. And like I said, my mom really liked it because mm-hmm. I, cause I had read it. And I said, oh, you're reading that? Do you like it? And she was like, yeah, it's really good. Oh, okay. And then she gives me the side eye and says, why do you not like it? <laughs> but like I said, I'm a, a t- I'm a very tough yeah. sell when it comes to thrillers. And normally I'm, I like it. I'm almost like every book I read, but like with thrillers, mm-hmm. I either am like, this was great or it was fine. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't have a lot of tolerance for just the thriller genre, I guess. Mm-hmm. So sense. anyway, that's The Winter Sister by Megan Collins. Awesome. All right, Ashley, what's, what's one book for you to share? So one that I wanted to share is Neil Gaiman's American Gods. I read this one quite a while ago, but as we were thinking about seasonal books, it's very, there is a significant part of the story that is about the ice on the lake and it, the, the melt rate of that. And so it's definitely has the atmosphere is strongly connected to the winter season and so in that, and I did not read exclusively for this episode. Sorry, Sarah. So, but I, I loved this one. It's just been, I'm a little bit removed from it. But basically the main character, Shadow, is getting out of jail at the beginning of the story. And as he is about to be released from prison, he finds out that his wife died in this car crash. And it happened right before he gets out of prison and she's with this other man and there's kind of this mystery as far as what was going on and why she was in the car. And so that happens. And then he encounters a series of unusual people who take him on this really bizarre journey. So it's kind of this idea of him getting out of prison and how does he reconnect to his former life and particularly because his life is upended at the moment that he's getting out. And then he encounters this mysterious person, Mr. Wednesday, who essentially hires him to kind of be his chauffeur and to help him with this somewhat shady business that's happening. And so I think it, when I first started reading it and this happened with me with Neil Gaiman before, it takes me a while to get into his books. Sometimes I think that there's a lot that has to come together and kind of coalesce for them to then have momentum with some, with some of his longer books. I've found that to be true, but then they're really rich. The story is really rich. Mm-hmm. The commentary on society is really rich. And so ultimately the story is about the gods of old and the way that they're no longer being worshiped by people and the way that they have been in the past and how those gods are at war essentially with new gods who are things like technology and media and all these things that people now pay homage to and pay tribute to. And so it's this really interesting personification of a lot of what we are seeing in our society of what we value and maybe a contrast between what we say that we value and what we really value with our time and with our energy And so there's a lot of just really interesting cultural commentary amid this really, I mean, there's a big voyage that's happening that's both a metaphorical journey and there's a physical journey that's happening throughout the story. And like I said, Shadow encounters a lot of really unusual uh, people and gods and spirits and there's a ghost element. So there's just a lot going on in the story. And I ultimately really loved it. So like I said, it took me a while to get around 
get into the story. And so the first part I read kind of slowly, and then I found it really compelling and loved the way that it all tied together and the movement of this journey through space and time to come to some sort of meaning in Shadow's life. So again, that's American Gods and it's Neil Gaiman. And I know that there's also a TV series that I have not seen, but Jen might be able to speak to. Yeah. So I've only watched, there are two seasons released. I've watched the first of the two. It was on Hulu and I really liked it. I don't think it was perfect. I think there were episodes that were less successful than others, but I thought the casting was really good. Sarah, you would love (laughs) the guy who plays Shadow. Played Lincoln. Yes. On the 100. (laughs) Yes. And so, yes. He's very handsome. That is a very good reason to watch. (laughs) And uh, Gillian Anderson has a part that, yeah, she is just always amazing. Anyway, so the series is really good. And I I was telling, Ashley and I were talking about this beforehand. And it's one of those things that I read the book, but I read it before the series. And the series is compelling enough that a lot of what I remember has probably displaced the book itself. So that's kind of a problem, but it's okay. So... Uh, so mine actually is going to be a similar story. My first book is George R. R. Martin's Song of Ice and Fire series. Mm-hmm. And I read the entirety of the books before I watched Game of Thrones. And so in many ways, I feel like if he releases the final two books, I'm probably going to have to go back to reread because there are ways that that television series departed from the books. And I'm sure that what I'm remembering will be the series itself. It feels weird to summarize this because I feel like it's been such a pop culture lately. But Song of Ice and Fire is this huge epic tale. The books are really long, but they're those books that you just dive into. And like when you put it down, you sort of feel like you have to blink because you've come back into a different world. He is great at world building and the world he is built on... I think it's supposed to be like the Middle Ages in England. He takes a lot of the stuff about the kings and queens of England and of Europe and the ways that they are constantly fighting for power. And then he adds dragons and he adds this whole kind of zombie apocalypse thing. And so throughout the series, everybody always says winter is coming. There's a prominent location called Winterfell that is in the north. And past Winterfell, which is sort of a traditional kingdom, there is a wall that is meant to keep out the wildlings who live in the forest and are, are wild. And But then there are also these zombies who are coming through the wildlings' land and who are threatening the kingdom. And so what you see are these interesting power plays where kings and queens are trying to wrest power from each other and trying to hold sway over their kingdoms. But then there's also this entire other phenomenon that nobody's focusing on because they're so worried about these trivial details of power when they really need to be worried about their lives and this other force and working together, but they can't get over themselves enough to do it and to worry about the thing that is the actual threat. Instead, they're just worried about, you know, am I going to be able to continue ruling the small kingdom and not thinking about whether they're going to die. So I think the winter in the books is really symbolic of of death, of mortality, of the things that matter that we can't maintain sight of because we get so wrapped up in day-to-day concerns. The characterization, he has a ton of characters, but the characterization is really brilliant. And because the books and the series in general are so long, some of the characters have these amazing arcs and you just see this great development and really complex character development 
characters have a real chance to change and grow in a way that's believable. And then there are a lot of other factors that come into play. So that's George R. R. Martin's Song of Ice and Fire series. There are supposed to be two more books. I think there are five published so far. I can't remember exactly. And they are really brilliant if you want to settle in for some thousand pagers. <laughs> I don't do not. <laughs> that, that will not That's, be coming yeah. either of our ways. I was rounding see. up. Like, oh. I think they're only 800, but still. They are quite long. Yes. Yeah. I still do not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sarah, what's your next book? So this is also one that I decided to read for this episode, but it's one that has been on my list for a long time. I heard Ann Bogle from Modern Mrs. Darcy talk about it on her podcast, What Should I Read Next? And I have been wanting to read it. So when we decided to do this episode again for this year, I definitely thought of this book and wanted to read it. So this book is called The Snow Child. It's by um, Ewan Ivy, and it is... It's just be- it's a beautiful story. She is a very gifted writer and it is set in Alaska in the 1920s. Uh, it's about a couple whose um, names are Jack and Mabel. They move to Alaska to kind of escape a tragedy that has happened to them. And they just homestead in the Alaskan wilderness and a the the story is told over a number of years and it cycles through seasons but the most notable season is winter throughout the book because that is the that is the time when most of the action happens and what happens and this is not really a spoiler it's on the jacket the cover jacket and then the summary on amazon is they are kind of growing apart mac jack and mabel because they're childless and he is working all the time and she is lonely in the in their cabin and when in this like moment of frivolity they go outside when it snows and during the first snow of the season and they build this snowman or snow child and they dress it in uh, in a scarf and gloves, and they put hair, and they, they do all these things, and it looks like a, a little girl. Mm-hmm. And then the next morning when they wake up, the the gloves and the scarf and all that are gone, and the snow, the snow child's gone. So it becomes this kind of magical story. It reads kind of like a fairy tale in some parts, but what happens is... There's this girl that they spot in the woods, and she comes back every winter. So it's just a, this beautiful story about uh, loss and overcoming loss and uh, finding joy in small things. And it is, it's heart-wrenching at times. There, I do want to say there are, there are some triggers in the book that mm. might, that might upset some readers. So I would... If you are, are, are one of our listeners and you want to know what those are, you can always message us on Instagram or email us and I we can tell you. I don't want to spoil the story, but mm-hmm. but bef- I just want, bef- mm-hmm. when I talk about a book like this, it could definitely trigger s- mm-hmm. some readers. So that is the one caveat. But it was a beautiful story. It was very emotional and I just, I loved it. I thought, I thought it was great and it has a total wintry feel. No, yeah. I cannot so. wait to read that one. <laughs> that sounds great. So that is The Snow Child by Eowyn Ivy. And it was a finalist for the Pulitzer. So, oh, yeah. so wow. it's a good one. Nice. <laughs> that sounds great. All right. Ashley, book two. So my second one I talked about 
relatively recently because this was one of my top reads from 2019, but I wanted to talk about Frederick Bachman's Bear Town. And the reason that I thought it was so significant as a winter book is because the entire story focuses on a hockey team in a Swedish, in a Swedish town where it is very, you know, it's very cold a lot of the year. And I think not only, of course, is the hockey on ice in that part is significant, but also there's a lot about the coldness of the town and how the society and what it is focused on, like the community and what they're focused on has a lot to do with how bitterly cold it is there. And that there are parts where, you know, people are out in the cold and it's dangerous very quickly. And so, you know, I think that very much the cold is a pervasive part of the story and enhances the understanding that we have of the atmosphere of the community, which is really important to the book. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to rehash too much because, again, I talked about it in an episode really recently. But I think that what I loved about the book is that it is about this hockey league, a junior hockey league, and wanting to – the people, all the players – involved not just like the kid players but also like all of the people who sponsor the teams and all where the money comes from and all that kind of stuff and how it's important to a small town to have this successful team so that they can continue to be so that they can move forward as a town basically Mm -hmm. and so there's a lot of pressure for them to do well and it's what are the stakes for people and how far will we go in order to get people to succeed and and in order to get a sports team to Mm -hmm. succeed and what will we tolerate in our boys what will we tolerate and promote in our society in order to create winners at all costs and so I just think it's a really really rich story that I I I thought it was beautifully written so quotable and that it surprised me at how much it was commentary about life and connections between people instead of just being about the sports team so I thought it was phenomenal and I couldn't recommend it enough and again that's Frederick Bachman's Bear Town all right, so I'm having a hard time. I'm I'm down to two. I I will just I'm picking now, but somewhere you will see my other choice because I really want to talk about it too. All right, so my second book is going to be Ruta Sepetis's Between Shades of Gray, and I talk all the time on the podcast about my World War II fatigue, and then I'm talking about all these World War II books. So I am sorry. This one though, I I think is different just because it focuses on a something that happened in World War II that. I did not know a lot about. So this book takes place in 1941 and focuses on a character named Lena. She lives in Lithuania and she is 15 years old. And so that is just a place that was really impacted by World War II and by Stalin's rule in in Russia at that time, I guess, right? Which is not something I knew a lot about. So the book is not charmingly placed in winter. Like the winter is definitely a threat to her throughout. She and her brother are separated from her father. And so she and her brother and her mother are trying to make their way to her father. And there's a time that they're working in a prison camp and living in a prison camp. And it is just absolutely desolate. It is 
the the cold is so bitter that it is sapping their very life from them. So yeah, it's pretty bleak. Sorry, maybe we should not have ended on this note. <laughs> but but the cover is really beautiful. The story is really beautiful, and so I think it says a lot about resilience and what what we need to do to survive in situations where other people just don't care about whether we live or not. I mean, the the absolute just callousness of the people that she meets is horrible. But then, of course, she also meets people who are trying to help her and who are really kind. And so I think that is a great one. And if you have an interest in history and this is something about World War One or World War II that you don't know about, I think it's a great resource for that as well. It is a YA book, but I don't think it I, I think it would appeal to adult audiences as well because Sepetis is just an amazing author. Her writing is really strong. And so while the character is young, it does not feel as if it is just for a young audience. So again, that is Between Shades of Grey by Ruta Sepetis. Have you all read that one? I have I, not. I have not. I've read Salt to the Sea, which oh, yeah. is also World War II. I need to read that one. I haven't by read that her, one. and it's really amazing as well. And... I think similarly, she is hitting on an angle that I had never read mm-hmm. before. So even though it is something that I've read a lot about, it was looking at an aspect that I didn't know. Yeah. She is really about. great. I've liked all of hers. I think that's the only one of hers I haven't I haven't read, so I should get on that. All right. So we are going to end the episode with a Give Me One. And today's Give Me One is a favorite cold weather drink or activity. Ashley, why don't you start? <laughs> so I'll do a combo. Uh, we, in our family, I have two little kids, so we go sledding, which is really fun. And we always come back and have hot, hot chocolate. So those go together and it's all a lot of fun. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of my activity. Um, well, I'm going to go with the drink for, oh, this is a drinking activity too, but it does not involve my children. (laughs) (laughs) My husband and I enjoy going wine, going wine tasting. And we actually have a a vineyard that is really near our home. And it's actually where one of my book clubs meets and they have a huge fire and it is just so relaxing to go there and sit by the fire and sip red wine and, um, especially if there's snow on the ground, it's just gorgeous. So I enjoy that activity in the winter. I think it's a fun thing to do. And a lot of times there's not a lot of stuff to do in the winter time, mm-hmm. like for a date. Mm-hmm. And we like to do that. So we like to, the boys and I like to make snow cream. That's something I've done in my family since I was really little. We always made snow cream. And so, yeah, it's really fun to collect the snow. And then I don't even know, one of my sons I don't think actually likes it he doesn't like to eat it but he loves to help make it so yeah there's usually a little pool of melted water <laughs> at the end but yeah so I don't I don't know does everybody you guys know what snow cream is right yeah. my my great-grandparents um, they didn't they didn't pass away until I was in the sixth grade and every time it snowed and we went there they made snow cream and I haven't had it since then uh-huh. but we loved it when we were kids I don't know if I'd still love it and I don't know if my kids would but yeah. I remember that distinctly from my childhood it's fun. I'll, I'll put the it's something I cook in air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put the recipe. Is that like when my daughter notes. makes cooks mud pies? Yes, it is very similar. <laughs> except kidding. you actually can consume it. You this. can consume it. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all so much for joining us, and we would love to know what winter books you have read and would like to recommend. So you can check us out on social media and share 
share your recommendations. Thanks for listening. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We'd love to hear them. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at UnabridgedPod or on the web at UnabridgedPod.com for a list of ways to support us. We'd like to thank Jared Featherstone, who composed our theme music, Strings of Light, and Katie Amy of Amy Photography, our podcast photographer. Thanks for listening to Unabridged.